This is In the Blind with Combat Waterfowl. We're your hosts, Robert, Cody, and Andrew. We're service beats commitment. We invite you to join us in the blind. What's up, Combat Waterfowl fan? This is Cody, Robert, and uh, oh, Andy coming at you live. We How you guys? Can we stop that? <laughs> yeah, that was really gay. <laughs> I liked it though, man. <laughs> What's up, man? How you doing today? I'm uh, good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm sitting here with old Brew Dog. Yeah. Are we redoing this intro? No, we're not. Yeah. Intro. We're running it. <laughs> we're, just running. <laughs> we're running it. That's there too, baby. I am pumped up, man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, today we're going to talk about um, some new gear, preseason uh, preparations, dog training. Uh, some layouts, uh, new swag shirts, hats that we're coming out with uh, on the Combat Waterfowl side, and um, I'm excited to dig, to dig into the dog talk, man. I, I'm pretty excited about that. So, uh, yeah. Um, yo, so Cody, you know, this year is going to be a little different for us. You know, we focus. You know, all three of us focus a lot the past couple years on uh, divers and sea ducks mainly in uh, in you know, in, in respect to the challenge, you know, we picked off a few puddle ducks here and there, and uh, this year is going to be quite a bit different. You know, I know you've got some stuff coming up, and I got some stuff coming up, and I know Andy's going to be getting it in with us too. So, what what are you doing? I guess, what are your thoughts on the differences between this season and last season? So, last season, like you said, I, I we were focusing on more divers and and sea duck hunting, um, and mainly because you know, the birds just weren't here, like the puddle ducks. And, you know, we just really didn't get the good push that we got, you know, the year prior. Right. So we, so we made the best of what we had and, you know, went and smashed on the uh, sea ducks and, and actually the divers didn't really hit too hard. I mean, you guys did pretty good when you went to Michigan. Yeah. Um, but even on the East coast, you know, at least Virginia and South, the divers really didn't hit hard. Um. So I guess this year we're really just going to try to transition into more of a field hunting, um, you know, traveling a little bit, try to get, I, you know, it's always been, I've never killed mallards on the field. So that's, that's like one thing I really want to do this year, um, which I'm sure Andy and you probably want to do the same. Yeah, I, I, I've never done it. Um, I want to say the first time I actually field hunted was, Probably snow goose hunting, man, in Arkansas. Yeah. And in that moment, my mind transitioned to opportunities where I see birds. And I'm like, man, I would really like to shoot those birds, but I'm not equipped to shoot them. Like, <laughs> like, nothing in my repertoire tells me that I'm going to be able to go out into a field and be successful. Snow geese, man, they're a whole different ballgame, too, man. You'll, <laughs> you hear them coming a mile away, and you see them, like, five miles away because everything out there is, like, flat and square. So you're out there looking at all these birds, you know, miles and miles away, and then you're sitting here in a muddy field, and it's cold, and you're just laying there on your back just waiting for these birds to come that – may come and you might get two or three to swoop over you and uh then they fly away and that was that you know that i don't know man i've i've done the snow goose gig so you know probably three or four different times and i don't know about you cody but i i know you you've had better luck than we but it just, it just did not hit it just it hadn't done it for me yet because i've never seen the tornado that everybody talks about and i know it only happens sometimes but man well, I- 
I will tell you, um, you know, that trip, you know, we went to Arkansas two years ago and, you know, had a good time, saw a lot of birds, saw thousands of birds. Um, They just weren't working. But this year um, I went to Maryland with an outfit and I didn't, we got one pass, um, you know, around nine o'clock in the morning thinking we dropped like 19 birds out of it. And I was like, man, that's, hope that's not it. And it dang sure was all day. But the guy that we were with was just like, hey, if you guys sit here until 10 minutes for, you know, shooting lights up, you're going to you're going to take home a lot of birds. And he wasn't lying. I think we killed a hundred. I think it was like a hundred and eleven birds in one pass. That's nuts. Yeah. So remember the phone. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little crazy. Um, Yeah, definitely. I definitely will be attending that massacre again. Right. Didn't you say you shot him over a pond too? Yeah, so it was different. Like, you know, obviously when we went to Arkansas, we're hunting straight fields and nope. you know, um that was not a field. That <laughs> well that was a mud puddle. Yeah, we were hunting a, a I don't know what that was. It was hard ground when we got there, and by nine o'clock you were elbows deep in mud. So um but yeah, we hunted on this like little pond. I'm telling you, it probably wasn't I don't know, <laughs> uh maybe an eighth of an acre. And they had put floaters out, like snow goose floaters, which was new to me. And we had two A-frame blinds sitting right on the water. I mean, sore thumbs sticking out, just just random grassy A-frames. Twelve guys piled up in there, and um, yeah, it was, so it was different. I definitely enjoyed hunting snow geese in an A-frame, uh, way better than laying down <laughs> all day. I'd love to lay down. Yeah, I got a good nap. Andy stays asleep in the layout pond every time. Yeah, and, and I mean, if you go hunt with them boys, I mean, they bring pizza to the blind, like pizzas and cokes and whatever, dude. It was. Mm. Do they bring Michelob Ultra out there? Ah, uh, you know what? Afterwards, I think, <laughs> I think they did have a few out there. Um, yeah. But and this year, you know, going back to that, you know, th- you know, this year we're. You know, me and Robert's going to be hunting with our dogs for the first year. They're, they'll be a year and a half old. Both of them will be this season. I think, yeah, they'll be right at, about, well, 60, 18 months. Kyle turns, uh, he turns two in March. Yeah, so he'll be uh, 18 months old this year. So, and where I'm going with that is, is while I was up there hunting in Maryland with this guy, he had one dog, uh, which – there's nothing wrong with that. The dog was amazing. He, he did, you know, he, he performed amazing. Well, whenever 110 birds drop out of the sky into a pond and you can't touch out there, that guess who's getting all those birds, that dog. And I'm telling you that dog retrieved a hundred plus birds within about 30 minutes. That's nuts. That's gotta be dude. And was still bouncing off the walls. I was about to say it's it's something for me to like see and watch. I know I know when I was in Arkansas, um, the guy that was down there, Thomas, man, he had his dog out there, and I watched him go three hundred yards. And I, I I never thought he was gonna get this bird, and he, sure enough, he brought it back. So I can only imagine grabbing a hundred, you know, on the the pond during the day swimming, man. Like just just to be able to watch it had to be a sight in itself. Yeah, and and I kind of had to watch myself because um there were still birds like running around like on the ground 
And I, I found myself stopping and like watching the dog work. Like I absolutely enjoy watching a dog work. Um, so then I had to snap out of it and go chase birds down and <laughs> give them well, the yeah. old Pocahontas stomp. I did about bringing uh, for for our listeners out there. We have a one of our gunners, uh, Jake Van Dyke. Uh, he's a former Marine and uh, training my dog, and he's partnered up with. Uh, his his retrievers uh retriever training business is called Wildside Retrievers and recently he's partnered with uh Reed Jones of Core Sound Retrievers and the Reeds pretty notorious in North Carolina. If you want to kill a redhead, you call Reed Jones. And so um, you know, those two guys have partnered up on the retriever side and Cody has uh Mo Money with him and, and I've got uh, Kiowa um with with Jake and them two train together the, every day. And so Having the having you know those two dogs coming up, you know we're we're pretty excited to just at least I I'm really stoked just to see. I mean I'm gonna leave my dog in training um, probably throughout, but I know Cody you're gonna you're gonna go ahead and bring home Mo um, for a season. So yeah, I just, for yeah I I can't I can't afford or I can afford to, but I can't I guess. Uh, hunt another season without a dog like last season was you know it's rough hunting with no dog like having to i mean you were there you know yeah we smacked those two that pair of mallards that came through at, at the uh big blonde and and had to hop in the boat and go chase one down you know what i mean like <laughs> it was like wild wild west out there and i just feel like it, it, it having a dog in the blind completes your hunt yeah i, I mean i can totally understand like I mean, I don't, I don't hunt with the dog. I, you know, I, I would love to, I just don't feel like I have enough time, but, um, from hunting with you, especially like, I, I don't think I would, I, I, I can understand your frustrations and the fact that you would want to have a dog in the blind. It's just, yeah, it's a lot more area to cover, man. Cody it's, and I also have like two completely different goals when it comes to a dog though. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, like at least from, from my standpoint, you know, I have, I have two dogs already that are, they'll go get ducks and they'll come back. Uh, <laughs> but you know, they're, I trained them myself, you know, they were the first two dogs that, that I had and you know, they're, they're, of course they're, they're my hunting dogs, but at the end of the day, they're also my family dogs. Those, so, those dogs are glorified house dogs. They, they are. are. They, yeah, they are. But, they'll get ducks, but they're glorified house dogs. Right. But I guess, so my, my whole goal and mission in, in this dog um, was, you know, I need a, I want a dog who is, who is above average. I want a completely finished dog that is just a machine. And, um, obviously, you know, it, it's not just strictly about work. You know, I, I, I want another adult, you know, my older, my other two are eight years old. So, you know, having Kyle coming up is fine. My personal goals, which I think, you know, I'll let Cody speak on his, but I want, I want this dog to achieve every level of greatness that, that he can possibly achieve. And I want to see him, you know, to attend as many trials as possible. I want to see him, you know, obtain as many titles as possible because this breeding uh, in particular, he deserves it, you know, and I am not in a no dog situation. So if I need a dog, I can go grab one of my other two and go hit the road. Whereas, you know, Cody's in a little different predicament, but I guess, like Cody, what is what drives you to say like, listen, I just want a straight, solid meat dog, and then I want <laughs> what influenced that for you versus letting him get those titles and stuff. So, I've actually 
had somewhat of a change of heart. Um, you know, when I first originally got Mo, um, I didn't want nothing from him but to be a meat dog. I wanted to send him to training, you know, get him back, take him hunting, go get birds, bring birds back, and go about our business. Um, but after, you know, a few months of him being at training, you know, getting my updates from Reed and from Core Sound Retrievers, um, you know, when, when a guy is sitting there getting – that works with dogs every day is getting – choked up and in, in all giddy when he talks to you about your dog saying how good he is and and you know and i'm sitting here like all right well i'm fixing pulling my training he's good to go and he's like well he's yeah he's good to go but you know he's got a lot a lot of potential and we're just opening up the can and so i was like you know what go ahead and keep him for a few more months you know see how he does well a few more months go by and he you know same thing you know he's he's outperforming other dogs and and you know especially for his age he's a he's ahead of the the curve and so i've decided to leave him in there until um i think what october is when they come is they come back from north dakota in october no nah, I, I think they're coming back in september september it's like a uh, second week of september or something like that so basically he ain't missing nothing i mean we're we're goose hunting in the field i can get my my lazy ass up and walk out there and grab them goose um you mean you're gonna tell your brother to go get his <laughs> basically basically oh will we're gonna send will out there oh, bill yeah. but um but yeah man um i'm gonna leave him there until september when they come back to north dakota they're out in north dakota right now doing some training they have really good property available to them out there and um he'll come back for two or three months hunt him hard uh try not to mess too many uh things up that reed can't fix and then send him back to Reed and let him finish out his uh, titles and go get some ribbons and some eye candy. So you are so you are decided now that you're going to let him. Go yeah, I mean, yeah, I I mean to be honest with you, I'd be dumb not to. I mean, uh, just because I mean, hell, he's been there since August twenty fourth last year. So I mean, he's been there almost a year. Yeah. Uh, and when it's all said and done, he'll be there thirteen months. And he's going to come home for three months, go back there for four or five months, get some get some ribbons and stuff and, you know, and then hopefully I can take him over and start handling him and taking him to a few trials myself with Robert tag team in it. And, uh, and then transition them once they're, you know, done when everything they can do over there, you know, that two year mark, um, you know, start transitioning into just, you know, good old hunting dog. That's yeah. A really, a really good hunting dog. <laughs> but that's the thing about it, man. And honestly, you know, it's something to be said about having, well, they're not just friends, but they're they're more than friends that you can trust to be honest with you. Because I, I feel like a lot of people, especially in the dog training world, are very quick to take your money, uh, you know, every month for training. And, and you know, that's not cheap. I think I, I would say the average um, for a 500 to say five to seven hundred bucks. Yeah, that you're paying every single month for a dog that you know, is staying in a kennel and is getting trained every day that you're not, you're not right there. You're not watching it. And so realistically, like you have to have somebody that you can trust. And mm-hmm. I remember in the beginning, you know, when, when Kai was there, you know, I'd call Jake up and, you know, Jake and Reed are, are basically one in the same. You call, you call one, they know what's going on with the other one. Cause they, they work together every single day. So, you know, when I call him up and I'm like, Hey man, you know, like, what's the deal? And he's like, well, I'll be honest with you, bro. He was, he was struggling real hard. Uh, to keep his sit down. So I had to pull him back and, you know, we went through a, a whole routine of sit, mean, sit. And, 
you know, I had to rope him back in because he was getting out of line. And, you know, it, it takes, you know, you gotta have, you gotta have that honest communication because ultimately like you're paying for a service, right? You're paying, you know, it's just like you're paying somebody to clean your house. You know, you want to make sure if you tell them to, to sweep under the couch and you know, you get home and there's dirt under the couch, you're, you're kind of like what in the world. So yeah. having, having that full disclosure from a trainer is pretty, pretty helpful to, to know exactly where your dog's at any time. You know? Yeah. And, and that trust thing goes a long ways and it, you're not going to have it right off the bat. Like, I mean, I didn't know who Reed and Jake were. I mean, I, I took a chance. I was going off of word of mouth and, you know, at first I was a little skeptical, like you're not really skeptical on their training abilities. Cause I've seen dogs that they have had perform. Right. Um, it was just, you know, it was my first dog sitting in the training, you know, it's, it's a lot of money. Um, cause it adds up over, you know, five, $700 a month. It adds up pretty quick when dogs been there 13, 14 months, you know? Yeah. And, so in the back of your mind, you're like, man, is this worth it? Is this worth it? But I get a phone call every Thursday or Friday um, from Reed. And he basically tells me, hey, this is what your dog did this week. Um, he sucked it up. Like this week, for instance, he just called me today and was like, your dog uh, did not have a good week. Uh, he was, you know, he's in a different environment in North Dakota. Um, he's not really wanting to look up. You know, he's used to looking down. And, uh, he just told me, you know, he's, he's blunt with you. He tells you straight up. And that's what I want is somebody that's going to tell me, Hey, your dog is struggling or Hey, he's doing good at this. He's doing bad at this. And especially in the beginning phase, when you, when that dog's there, the first like three months, you know, the first 90 days is crucial. I mean, Robert had a, you know, experience with a dog. I mean, it wasn't the dog's fault. Um, but I mean, three months into it, you know, called him up and said, Hey, your, your dog does not swim, yeah. you know? And that, you know, that goes that if you're a dog trainer and you're listening to this podcast, please, please, please take some, take some, you know, I guess I'm not going to say take some notes in a disrespectful manner. I I think it's constructive criticism. Yeah. If you're, if you're a dog trainer and and you have clients, man, please God, just call your clients, dude. I had, you know, and I'm, I'm just going to say it, dude, Kevin Henson, um, out out of done, he is a straight up stand up dude. Um, 100% incredible guy uh you know i was i was actually in new york and i was visiting one of my army buddies up there and i I had a dog um in training with him and you know he called he called me uh when i was on the way home or i called him when i was on the way home and he was like hey listen bro i got bad news and i was like what's up and he was like well you know just be honest with you i had to i had to strip down dive in the pond and go and go get your dog and i was like well what happened he's like yeah we got a she's got some sort of issue where she's not able to swim. Um, you know, it's happened twice. I've had to dive in the pond twice. And, and you know what, dude, he, I got home, I went out and I visited with him and I could visibly see that the dog had a gait to her. You know, she couldn't, she wasn't walking right. And this is a six month old puppy. You know, this is, you know, the whole reason that I got this dog was, was for exactly the same reason that, that we have Kai. And, you know, I, I, told him straight up from the from the get i was like you know listen dude you know this is going to be a meat dog this is going to be a dog that i need to go get ducks no doubt about it this needs to be a finished hunting retriever um you know i need i want i need a senior level teetering master level dog and he called me and i saw what was going on he he dropped everything the next day and he was sitting in the vet's office with me as concerned as i was um you know, to, to find out the results. Ultimately we, we found that the dog had a, a genetic uh, predisposition to hip dysplasia, which can happen. Even, you know, the, the sire and the dam were, had great hips and this just, you know, this just, 
yes. freak, it's just a freak breeding, you know, not freak breeding, but just a, you know, just one oh, in a million. Breeding had that issue, you know, and then I had to, you know, it was pretty difficult to kind of to tell the breeder that because breeders often on their dogs, right? So, um, you know, it was a pretty difficult situation and, you know, he had to, the breeder ultimately made it right. Um, and, you know, at a, at a really bad time, you know, when I was even transitioning careers, you know, and, and I'll just say this too, you know, full disclosure, you know, I, I called Jake, um, cause Jake, Jake's a friend of me and, um, and I said, Hey, listen, this is what's going on. This is what happened. And he said, bro, I, I know you're going through a lot right now and, and transitioning your careers and things like that. And he said, I have a, I have a male left from, from my breeding with, uh, with my dog and his dog's name's Reaper. She's a master hunter. And, uh, he bred Reaper to a, to a field champion and got some great pups and he had one male left. He's like, come down, check him out, see what you think. He's like, I'll work with you and, and read And, and Jake have done nothing but work with me ever since. And so it ended up working out in my favor. You know, it's, it's Jake's, it's Jake's breeding. Jake knows that dog more than anybody else would. And, and, I felt right keeping him there. Um, but you know, it's crazy how it works out, dude. And, and having, having a trainer that's willing to be able to be upfront and honest with you, Kevin was, and, and Jake definitely is. And Reed is as well. You know, that's yeah. a very important thing to have that, that transparency. And yeah. I mean, I, I think that like, it goes without saying, I mean, that I, I don't have a dog, but I like to admire from the, the outside on, on dogs, especially, and I think that the the two things that I see, I, I've had multiple friends, Evan, and I have multiple friends, you know, who have went to Reed and Jake. And I, I think that what you get with both of them is that you get honesty. And, right. and at the end of the day, that's that's really all you can ask for. Because, I, I mean, this is I view it from the outside in. It's it's always a gamble. It's, it's you're not guaranteed to to win a title. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're not even guaranteed to get a, a dog that'll go get a duck, you know? I think that's the hard part that, like, a lot of people uh, struggle with. And I don't – like, that doesn't bother me that the – like I said, the, the only concern I have is time. Um, but I guess to the to the people out there that want a dog and want to be able to have that connection with, um, you know, something in their hunting realm, that don't be afraid to – to take that gamble because you know, there are people around here that are going to steer you in the right direction. They're not going to, to let you to stray aside and just be like, when you get a dog back, it's going to be, I don't want to say useless, but it's not going to perform. Right. Right. You do your due diligence though, man. And so many people, and, and, you know, I, I hope that the people that are listening to this who may be looking for a dog will hear this out and please, please, please take heed to it. You know, when I first started looking at getting into getting a lab, this was back when I was in Alaska, you know, I started doing a lot of research. I'm a researcher and, and every, well, all three of us are like we, we over, <laughs> over thing oh. that we do. Yeah. If I'm looking at my phone, I'm probably researching, probably researching something. something. So, like, I started looking into labs, you know, and and there's so many. Please, please be careful. Do not go to – if you want a pet and that's all you want, please do it. Do whatever you feel like you need to do. If you're looking for – if you're looking for a hunting dog, and I'm not telling you to look at pedigree alone. You know, I'm not I'm not that guy that says, you know, you have to have a – you have to have, you know, so many titles in the pedigree or this and that. But at the end of the day, man, if you – if you're, you know, seeking a dog to be a, to be a good retriever, to be a good duck dog – you're going to want to see those health clearances and that the, the, the breeders are doing their due diligence and their part to make sure that they're testing the dogs for these things. I mean, there's, 
there's hip dysplasia that's a very common issue in labs. There's EIC, which is exercise-induced collapse. There's CNM. There's all these different genetic traits that these dogs can can have. And unfortunately, a lot of these backyard breeders, they don't spend the time or the money. I mean, it is very expensive to get the x-rays and the testing done um, to produce the, the level and the quality of dogs that these professional breeders are doing. And yeah, you're going to pay more. You're going to pay more for that dog. 100%. You're going to pay more. But at the end of the day, you're paying for a dog that somebody has very carefully bred for a specific task and purpose. You know, it's it's hard to, you know, I'll see, you know, hear the saying, it can't turn a hoe into a housewife. It, it kind of, it, it translates over into the, to the dog world in the same respect of, you know, you, if you want good, if you want good results, get, get a good start, get a good foundation and look for a dog that somebody has taken the time to select a breed responsibly and not just, Hey, these two dogs uh, made it. And now we have these puppies and they're, they're AKC registered, but they, they have no health clearances. They have no nothing. They've never, you know, it, it's just, please yeah. take that for what it is. The old stud farm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> those things are legit man i mean, I mean it is legit and, and you see it all day long you'll you'll go to these i i know everyone that's listening go, they see it you know you go to some facebook group and they're like oh can anybody point me in the direction of a, a, you know a female you know golden akc yeah what well, I, I can point you to three thousand places on the internet that'll give you a golden akc but at the end of the day what what is me telling you that what effectively what is that doing for you if you haven't even seen anybody within the you know any dog within the pedigree to work right and that's kind of that that's the look that I take on it so if you take dogs out of the equation and you know we do a lot of um sea duck hunting obviously and diver hunting yeah uh, a lot of boat boat stuff that's one thing that we'll probably have to go and have to uh, i guess add to their training tool bag once we get them back is because I don't think they train from boats too much. But, I mean, obviously, it, it should transfer pretty – I mean, I would think. I've never done it. It would transfer pretty easy from land to boat, correct? That's what – yeah, so that's what that's what Jake and Reed are doing. You know, when they when they work on that basic obedience and they say place or, you know, whatever command that they're using. And to be honest with you, I, I haven't – I haven't worked. Um, I haven't worked alongside of them yet. You know, there will be a transition period, obviously, before you pick up Mo and before I pick up Kai, where you know there's some co-training going on just to make sure that um, consistency is maintained. But you know, when you tell that dog to place, you tell that dog to sit. You know, in a particular area. When you you know when you load that dog on your boat, Cody, and I know you have a prodigy, and so you know you're going to have a specific place for Mo um, on the boat. And so when you tell that dog to place, that dog's because of the the foundational obedience that that dog has he's going to go to that spot and he's going to sit there. And then when you load up into the blind and, and you, you know, you get him into the blind, you're going to have a, you're going to have a dog, you're going to have a dog hole for him. And, you know, all of that ties back into that obedience that that dog has been drilled since the day he was there. And so you're not going to have, you know, the issues that, that you even maybe even think you would just because these dogs are in a different caliber, you know, they're, they're trained specifically for blind retrieves. You can, you can keep that dog inside of its kennel and cast it to a particular area. Never, the dog's never seen the bird and that dog's going to come back with that bird guaranteed. Yeah. Just because of the level of training that, um, that we, that they've been through. Hmm. So speaking of, uh, sea duck hunting, uh, what you guys 
think about these layout boats we got. Man, you know, I'm I'll be honest, like I'm super excited about the relationship that we built with uh with Tony uh over at Waterfowl Works. Um I think we briefly discussed that in the last episode of some things that we went through with those boats. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, Tony, we we spoke to him and he's been very open and willing to to work with us and allow us to become an exclusive dealer for South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia. And, you know, that opportunity was afforded to us. Um, and, you know, I, I think I, I take that in, into very high regard that, that he thinks enough of us to, to trust us with that. And so I'm excited to uh, see what that does for us and our customers. And I mean, we've been through the ringer with these boats in, um, in the Great Lakes and legitimately in the Atlantic Ocean, not even some backwater sound stuff. And we put these boats through a lot and they've stood the test. One- nine foot, nine, 10 foot rollers. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Like at the end of the day, um, at, and I, you both know it, but uh, so I have a, a background in composites and <clears throat> I approached a, a good bit of people about, you know, making a layout boat out of a material that is it's not even used in the industry at all <laughs> like zero bit um i had the idea that i wanted to make a layout boat out of carbon fiber um on the side i work for a an aerospace company uh that is highly specialized in carbon fiber know a ton about it and i i basically had estimates that i could outshoot them probably 20 30 pounds well tony was the guy that at first I thought he was kind of being a jerk about it, that he just didn't want me to make it. Well, he, the, the thing about Tony is, is that he's, he's a compassionate individual in the fact that he won't allow you to fail. Right. He, that Like there's no way that he will, he's going to set you up for failure. And I think that stands a testament to, to his product and the fact that he's always a phone call away. And but he, he's a safety dude. Like, like he's he <laughs> to the point where I'm like, yeah, he's got that Coast Guard badge on his on, yeah. his, on his chest, man. Like I, I get it, man. But, but I love the dude I for was, that fact yeah, because absolutely. he's like he's like, hey, look, man, I, I'm willing to take your, and, and this is like a, it's kind of a standout to me. He's like, I'm willing to take your life in my hands, and I'm willing to put it in my product because yeah. I know for a fact my product is not going to fail on you. I mean, before like his pre-launch video with this whole with the whole boat, I mean, he filled the entire thing with water. You sit in it; it's still gonna float. And that's you know, I've heard him speak on several podcasts, and I know that that we're gonna reach out to him and see if we can get him on ours. But you know, when when you have a product like that, and you have somebody who's spent so much time and has so much experience and a wealth of knowledge on the topic of a layout boat, I mean, there isn't you know, and I see it on other posts. You know, somebody will take a picture of a layout boat, post up, and ask questions about it, and that dude knows the style the style he knows who who designed it he knows you know the good and the bad of it and he, you know having that experience in the industry uh to be able to put out that product um you know i owned a uh, previously a, a core sound two-man layout core sound is a is a great company terry rose here in north carolina um he is uh he has a very 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 great uh product and you know, I'm, I'm not knocking that in the slightest at all. I, I had great experience. That layout boat is incredibly safe, incredibly comfortable. Um, but there's it's roomy, man. Yeah, like, no, it's, it's super roomy. Yeah, the, the, the core sound is a great platform to run out of. Uh, for my particular application, you know, I found that I had, a, I had a, you know, a fiberglass skiff. And, you know, I know that it's an option on uh, on Terry's boats to have a rubber rub rail installed. And if you're looking at core sound, 
please do that because I, you know, I didn't have that on, on my boat and, you know, it, it's carbon, it's carbon, you know, fiberglass on fiberglass was, was, you That's know, rock on rock. dog. Yeah. <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> exactly. And so, um, you know, but at the end of the day, I, I really, I really think that, you know, having the opportunity, you're basically hunting out of a, it's, it's rotomotive plastic. It's like a Yeti cooler, you know, with the, with the waterfowl works next gen UFO and, um, you know, and, and just, you know, speaking freely, you know, I think that it's a better, it's a better fit for, for what I used in the, in the equipment that I had, um, you know, having the opportunity to have a rotomotive plastic boat. And it, you know, when people think plastic, they think cheap, but you should really think kayak because that's exactly what it's the material that it's made out of is incredibly, you know, uh, durable. I mean, it, there's videos where Tony drops it off of a forklift. He sit there and beat the heck out of it with a, with a sledgehammer. I mean, this, you can't, there are things that you can do to that boat and things that will happen with that boat that will, you know, a fiberglass boat just can't withstand an aluminum boat just can't withstand that. Um, so, I mean, like that, I guess like, let's back up just a little bit. Let, I, I'm not sure that, um, I, I don't, I don't want to cons- say we're, above an amateur but we're, we're amateurs when it comes to the to the uh the the layout world we're users we're yeah not, we're you we're, we're not we're not professionals right at. we're consumers we're, we're just a consumer so when when the, like when you buy a a uh, a fiberglass boat which is inherently strong it's inherently safe it's it's not intrinsically meant for you to repair it, though. Bro, you're talking to a bunch of duck hunters. They ain't gonna know that word. <laughs> I, I don't know any other. It, okay, so it's not designed for you to fix it when you mess it up. Right. We're gonna mess it up. Yes. We're like gonna we're it. we're gonna mess it up. Like I'm. I don't even know any other way to say it. We're gonna mess it up. So if you know that, hey, look, if I mess this up, I can fix it. That is a lifesaver because I, I absolutely. I only get so many days a year to hunt and every day that I do get to hunt, I am beyond passionate about it. So I don't want the day that I can hunt to be considered a less of a drag because I either messed up my boat or I messed up my layout. Well, you can't afford to, I mean, I'm just, I can't, I can't afford, I can't afford to go buy a new layout boat, this and that. And to be honest with you, if you didn't know this, uh, I'm telling you right now, layout boats are not covered under most insurance policies. So <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying I was able to squeeze it through on mine, but you know, you, you, you can't insure it because it's not a, it's not a personal watercraft because it can't be registered. So it's considered additional equipment and most insurance policies have, a, have limits to additional equipment. So when that, you know, when you're investing, you know, thousands of dollars in, in duck hunting equipment, you have got to take into consideration that if this breaks, that's it. So having a product that you can fix uh, and, and having a product that, you know, somebody stands behind and, and you know, Terry's great. Terry's incredible dude. I'm, I will never in a million years knock his business of what he does at all. He's a very sought after product in my personal opinion, in my own experiences, because of how rough I am on things. Um, I feel like the, the, the next gen is better suited for, for what I do. Um, and you know, there's, there's a place for every single product, you know, there, the, the benefit that I saw, you know, with the course is the, that the spray shield was integrated into, um, into the back. So with a UFO, it's collapsible. That makes it easier to stack the boats, but at the same time, 
you know, it, it is it is something that could could fail. It could, you know, you could break it off. Yes, you can replace it, but you know, it's just things to think about. There's there's pros and cons to every single product. But, but, in the world. Okay, so but at the end of the day, um I mean I look at it this way. You know, we messed up two spray shields. I call Tony at the end of the day. I get, I get we two have new, replacement parts I get, immediately. Yeah, I get two new spray shields. So the fact that that works out, it it's beneficial to you. Right. The, the caveat to it is, is that if I drop my two man off and I break the space shield off on it, I'm probably the only man on this podcast that knows how to fix it properly. Right. Besides Terry. Right. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably just flex seal something. Yeah, you'd flex seal it. Which is kind of <laughs> at the end of the day, I mean, you you spent good money on it. You you want it to work as it should, and you, you know, the I, I mean, I can't say enough about Terry. I think his boat is a, a great product, and it it definitely has its place. And there is definitely uh, people that it is suited for. So I I don't want it to come off like as you know, we we're not downing him at all. There's no downing in it. No, he's a a phenomenal dude. Um, I, I just think that for the everyday hunter, man, the next gen is it is where it's at. Like, well, that comes it, in at a price point that people can yeah people it, can freaking afford. You can dude. afford it. And guess what? If I call Tony right now and tell him, "Hey, I need a boat," he's gonna get me a boat, and I'll get you your boat. Right. That's the end of the end of the and day. That's being the- able to serve three states worth, you know, and have two different locations. You know, we we're able to take this thing to to the next level. You know, it works. It works great for Tony. It works great for us. We're a distribution. We're a distributor for him. But at the same time, you know, we're we're getting to support something that we have we have personally put to the test. And I think that, you know, when you are able to put something through your own bit of uh you know, testing and, and things like that. I think it, it adds to, uh, it adds to your enjoyment when you go and sell that product. Um, you know, and, and I know Cody is the same way. Cody, Cody is all about finding something that is going to, to stand the test of time. Cause Cody is a, uh, Cody is a different dude when it comes to spending his money. So that's, that's a little bit, I'm a little bit different. I'm a different breed. How's that back pool looking? So it's looking good, and and then how's and Robert got that free pool? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, it's working. Hey, speaking of layouts, uh, Combat Waterfowl, we are the official dealer for I guess you could say the East Coast, uh, Virginia and oh, South. Southeast. So you guys log on to our website, go add one to your cart, check out guaranteed delivery by October one. Yeah, there's only we're only going to do 10 spots, though. And to be honest with you, you know, we've, we've spoken with quite a few people this week. I have. Um, and, you know, I'm pretty sure we're down to about five, four or five spots left. So and everybody, every single I'm telling you, dude, because I'm one of these people, too. Last I minute about duck hunting until duck season comes. And I'm like, oh, crap, I need a layout boat. And don't be that guy. I'm telling you, because it's not going to happen. Well, we I- we are the exclusive dealer for South Carolina, North Carolina, and Virginia. So, you know, and even Tony, if you call Tony right now and you're in one of those states, Tony's going to tell you to come to us um, because that's that's just the, the way that the agreement works. So, and yep. Tony's a stand up dude when it comes to that. So please do not miss your opportunity. There will be there will be those boats there. And you know, obviously, you know, pickup's going to be in Prince George, Virginia or Benson, North Carolina. But, you know, um, I'll drop met, drive. met. Yeah. Met TC dependent. Um, you know, we'll 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 make a little trip to you if it's not nothing crazy. Hey, just make it make it after September. And maybe we shoot some birds together. In it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, got the layouts on the website. 
um, get you one before they're gone. I think, we, like I said, Robert said, we could probably got five, six slots left. Guaranteed delivery by October. Uh, we will also, I mean, and if they're, depending on the demand, um, we might do another run of five or uh, actually another run of five or ten um, the following month. Because, I mean, sea duck season really doesn't pick up till November anyways. So we'll make, we'll make that run of ten for them. Well, yeah, that that last minute, them last minute guys like Robert. Yeah, them yeah. last minute guys like Robert. I'm already, I'm already in 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 the zone. I'm already ordering new gear. I mean, let's talk what do you got? That. Yeah, we're we're let's, talking about new let's, gear. Let's, let's talk about this gear. We we hit on some new gear you bought earlier. But, yeah, and we talked about so, it earlier. We're 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 transitioning to the fields. We're moving that way, man. And yeah, we love dive bombs. But what, let's talk about some other things that we've gotten. So, 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 uh, I mean, I don't know. I just, I like to make myself comfortable. Like, that, that, there's and, no doubt, man. And if there's anyone that's going to be comfortable, it's Cody James. He's going to listen. Yeah. Listen, I, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like <laughs> plug no specific gear. Like, but I will tell you, um, you know, my first year going up to Rhode Island, I wore, you know, I had, you know, some Drake. Um, equator waders. Um, you know, I had like the equator jacket or whatever, Bottom. the waiter jacket from head. Bottomlands, yeah. So, you're breaking, I would tell right <laughs> what's that? You're breaking my heart right now. You know, he's, he does not own one piece of, of at all. <laughs> well, so, I mean, I'm not gonna say it did, but it didn't do bad. All right. I mean, I was cold and, um, I mean, I was layered up. I mean, I had the army you know, snivel gear underneath it and everything. I was, I was good, but I was wearing a lot of under bulk. Like, yeah, it was very bulky and I just couldn't move like the way I wanted to, like, especially getting in and out of layout boats and stuff. It was just, it was awkward. Yeah. So, um, you know, I broke down and I bought the, you know, with the waders, sick waders and I bought the full system that goes with it, the gradient pants and all. And, you know, it was a, it was a bit of a, it was, it was pretty expensive. And I mean, I, I like spending money, but sometimes spending money on like clothes is it's hard for me to do. Oh. Um, I'm glad, but at the I'm glad Combat Waterfowl came out with those base layers that we we did last year. Man, they were nice. They were yeah. nice, nice. We're gonna have to bring those back. We are gonna bring those back for sure. But uh, yeah, man, I I picked that last stuff this year. It's my first year running a uh, full a full Sitka system, and went back to Rhode Island, same conditions, and I absolutely enjoyed and wearing it like i was comfortable i was i can move in and out of the layout boats no problem not getting hung up on things um the boots actually fit your feet like you know those lacrosse boots are next level compared to you know the old style like just big floppy boots that you know you have to order a size smaller just to get a good tight fit on your foot and then you can't get your foot out of it huh. but um yeah so that and then uh that's the gear portion but you know i like to you know, I'm not really big on blind bags. Um, I, for some reason, I just, I hate carrying a blind bag to the blind. Uh, I normally try to put everything I, everything I take to the blind, I try to put in my pockets. You doesn't cry um, bringing a grill to the blind, <laughs> but cries about a blind bag. <laughs> yeah. Well, the grill is a different story. And the grill only goes to certain blinds. You are. And, and I've been dubbed the, the cook whenever we go. So, I mean, I make a mean sausage, egg, and cheese uh, biscuit. Yeah. He is the uh, biggest bird man you will ever see. Yeah, uh, actually, we killed birds like while, while like that. I shot a double. I shot my first double this year uh, while cooking um, sausage on the grill. So yeah, 
it was it was pretty nice. But yeah, man, um, I just picked up. You know, they had that Yeti. I have the Yeti bucket. Of course. Uh, everybody hates on them because they're just like, you know, everybody's like, oh, I can just go buy a Home Depot bucket. Well, go buy your three dollar Home Depot bucket. Sir, and I'll I'll spend my I'll spend my thirty nine dollars on my on my Yeti bucket and and enjoy it. it's my money. Uh, but I got, a they, uh, I got a question. Yeah, mm-hmm. how cold does that get in thirty degree temperatures? What your Yeti bucket? Yeah, how does your Yeti bucket do in the cold? You- oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it does better than a <laughs> Yeti bucket. I don't know. I haven't really used it. This year is going to be the first year I'm going to kind of use it as my my blind bag. I guess you can say you're going to. Oh, let's Whoa. back up. Oh. let's back up first. You're going to use a Yeti bucket. As your blind bag, yeah. I mean, you, you think about it, man. It's it's a like it's the best because I got the little lid that goes with it, and I got this little caddy thing that Righam Wright just came out with a few months ago. Um, so it holds like your your coffee mug. It holds four boxes of shells, four and it's got to sell shells. You can only like a box of shells, and you should be done, right? Yeah, not well, not if Robert's hunting with you. <laughs> His shot percentage isn't too great. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> but I mean, I was just the way. I mean, it's just it's very versatile. Like the bucket has a lid, and like if you wanted to, like let's just say September. You know, I'm gonna start using September dove shooting. You know, I, that's my warm up for the year. Uh, you can put your shells, your birds, everything inside of it, and you got your stool with you all at one time, and you got your shells. So it's just. I don't know. It, it makes things easy. You're carrying one thing to the blonde. I won't. And I, my pockets, my pockets are, my pockets are empty. No, I'll watch you do it. You know? I, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll entertain you for the year. Right. You know what? I'll just buy you guys one. So then you, you can't talk crap about it. Yeah, <laughs> but I'll probably pull the Yeti thing off of it just so people don't think I'm that bougie. I'll probably put a combat waterfowl sticker on it. I actually, oh, I don't give a my, shit about the Yeti. I'm probably just going to pack Michelob's in mine. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. It doubles as a cooler. I mean, it's got a lid, you know? Right. Like, And it's not an orange or blue bucket from Lowe's or Home Depot. I mean, you ain't got to paint it or nothing. Do you think they'll be mad if I hide mine in the marsh? And I'll just, we'll put both of our stuff in yours. Right. And I'll have mine in the marsh. Yeah. And that's and that's the thing. It's big enough to hold all of our stuff. That's a true story. So, you know, you got one guy carrying the bucket and two guys carrying decoys, long, and we're good to go. How long did you research the dimensions of this bucket? Yeah. You, you know what? I actually bought that bucket like three years ago when it first came out. You and probably have a Yeti dog bowl, too, don't you? I don't. I, I, I My dogs aren't that special. <laughs> bull. Bullshit. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm calling bull on that, dude. Ruger and Ellie are, uh, are, are definitely as bougie as you are, especially yeah, – Ellie can't have a normal bowl. She's got to eat out of the ones like your dog's got because she tries to eat her food too fast and chokes eat on herself. One bite. Yeah. What a- but, yeah, man, That besides that, um, I haven't really – I'm not really adding nothing to the arsenal this year I'm going, besides a you know, few marsh patterns just for field hunting, <clears throat> which I can probably get away with using the timber stuff out there. It's not like you're out in the open. Um, but, you know, just – It's just nice to have something different. Yeah, exactly. And – uh, the uh if you buy it right now you know everything's in stock right now so yeah. i don't want to be like last year i was last minute like robert and buying trying to buy my gear you know three to four weeks from duck season and all my sizes were sold out so this year i'm not running into that okay. issue because hold the phone we bought 12 dozen decoys yeah two months in advance it was a miracle yeah we were prepared yeah. last season give me some credit no no no, no. we 
we we were bared. You were not. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but okay. All right. So I'm gonna go ahead and deflect on that, and uh, I want to rope us back in. Uh, we're coming up on an hour, and I really want to slide this in here. So some things that that I'm really excited about, and I know Andy and Cody are excited about. What is Combat Waterfowl doing to prepare for the season uh, as a company and as a brand? And um, you know, I I'm very excited to announce to our listeners that we are going full bore back uh, back to basics for this season as far as what we why we started this company and the things that we wanted to do with this company are happening as we speak. Um, I know we briefly mentioned um, the Sarge shirt on the last episode. I believe we did anyway. And, yeah. you know, coming up with products that the duck hunter uh, wants. And so, you know, I know for this, you know, probably if I'm being realistic, the beginning of August will be uh, will be the Sarge shirt. Um, you know, we're looking at probably also sometime in August coming out with a goose shirt, uh, which I'm not going to divulge too much information on other than if you're a diehard goose hunter, you are going to, you're going to flip over it. Um, yeah, that was terrible. Mm. <laughs> what do you, what do you got to say about, uh, about the widget? I'll let you Cody talk about a little bit about the widget and the surf scoter. So yeah, I'm pretty excited. Well, I'm more excited about the surf scooter shirt. No. Um, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> Robert's Robert's baby is the uh, the widget shirt. But yeah, we're gonna do the uh, the widget slam shirt. Um, we really haven't got the design down to actually what we want, but we do know that we are we are gonna put all three birds on one shirt and and. The Am- launch that bad boy. <laughs> the American widgeon, the European widgeon, or the Eurasian widgeon, excuse me, and and the hybrid between the two. Because ultimately, like that is the if you're if you're a dude who likes widgeon, that is like the holy grail. Uh, and Eric Eric Bachman was able to do that, and I'm incredibly jealous. And I know another dude, uh, Curtis, who was able to do it as well. And you know, I I still have yet, and it's pro- probably the reason why I'm so excited about that shirt is I have not killed an American Vision that I felt good enough to put on the wall yet. And that I, bugs, I haven't either. It bugs me. And I when I talk about good enough to put on the wall, I mean I want to see a Dude, good solid cotton. Top. I don't mean to I don't mean to sidebar this, but do you remember when uh we were we were I don't want to divulge too more. We were in Vandemore and <laughs> we had seen no birds all day and Robert we're all sitting on this on on his boat back when he had his aluminum boat man we're all hanging out and we were all getting frustrated it's a shitty day to begin with it it was probably three to four in the inlet probably 2025 it it was a bad day like honestly we probably shouldn't have been there no not in that boat um (laughs) but we're all sitting out there on the boat and then all of a sudden like Robert says nothing to anyone, like not a, not even a word. Like, hey, there's a bird coming or anything like that. All we're all looking out towards the damn sound, and all we hear is poop poop, and this widgeon drops in the boat. Robert looks at it and goes, "I think I just shot a widgeon." <laughs> <laughs> nothing we were aiming for in the day, but it was it was odd out of story, nowhere. But it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, man, we we got the uh, in October. Let's see, that's going to be like September goose. October, we're going to do the widget shirt. 
towards the end of October, um, we're going to be releasing the Surf Scooter shirt, um, which is, I'm pretty excited about. Um, we got we got the design down. We we know what we want with that shirt, and I do know that we're going to try to focus a little bit more on some sea ducks. And like I haven't never seen a King Eider shirt. Like, and we're talking about doing a King Eider shirt for December. We're not talking about it. It's happening. Oh well, yeah, it's going to happen. But we're we're still wor- working on the details for it. I'm I'm really excited about the Sea Duck shirts. Like that's like I that's something that's missing out there, and I want to fill that gap. Man, that that different stuff, man. I mean, and and you know, I think we touched on it too in the last episode a little bit. Is about doing doing stuff that that nobody else is doing, and, and ultimately things that the the hunter wants you know i mean there you gotta look at like you think about our boys down in florida you know they don't they don't have surf scoters down there and so you know the move is ultimately you know bringing stuff to the table for every region and and everything that everybody who's a waterfowler can appreciate and enjoy it's not just about mallards and wood ducks and that's i mean we started that company on that principle and damn if we're not going to drive it home is that we want this company to facilitate Every single type of duck hunter that, that or or waterfowl hunter. Let me say waterfowl hunter, not duck hunter, but every single waterfowl hunter out there, and you know, doing it in a, in a tasteful way and and trying to represent something that the the average you know white collar kind of guy can can do. Um, not only do, but achieve. Right. You know. Yeah. That, and that's every, a that's a you can achieve it. You just got to be a little bit smarter than the next man to do it. And coming at a price point that people appreciate, dude, I, nothing bugs me more than going into a boutique and seeing a shirt that I would actually really like to wear and, and looking at the price tag and, and it's seeing $33, $35 for a t-shirt. I'm not that guy. I'm not going to make my customers be that way. I know I'm just speaking for myself. No. So, $19.99 or below. Yeah. I can't, I'm not about charging somebody more than, more than reasonable for a shirt. dude. Oh, speaking other skulls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of products, um, we will be releasing the snow goose hoodies and the, uh, the white Richter one twelve as well as the, the beanies. Yes. Um, so all three of those will be available well in advance for you to get them in time for conservation snow goose season conversation. Oh, Com- conservation. I, I can't even speak right now. Con- conservation is upon us. Defend <laughs> <laughs> it now. Abish, abish, yeah. But yeah, um, I'm pretty excited about those. Uh, we had a few gunners get a hold of them this year to kind of get some content for us, and man, they they turned out really good. Yeah. Like, uh, I absolutely love that hoodie, the way it feels. Um, like right now, my hoodie's not even white anymore because I've worn it so much <laughs> that it kind of turned into like a work hoodie because I was like, oh, it's just a snow goose hoodie. It's going to get dirty anyway. So I treated it like shit. And now it's like different colors because I painted in it and all kinds of stuff. But yeah, I'm pretty excited about the uh, the white. <laughs> the snow geese won't care, bro. No, they won't. They won't. Absolutely not. I'm pretty excited about them though. I can hear. I actually can hear you right now. Yeah, I, dude. I'm telling you, <laughs> you hear e callers. If you get done snogus on you hear for a, days. That's like a two week thing. Like I, I couldn't imagine Zach Poe. I know you're gonna listen to this and being a guide, bro. Being a snogus guide, I know that you have to hear that in your sleep for months. God Almighty, there's a ringing right now. Right. Dude, we sat down in that blonde. We slid out in them decoys in Arkansas for like eight hours straight, 
And that, that guy did never turn that speaker off. And it was, there was like three speakers and they were like right behind us. Yeah. We couldn't even, I, I couldn't even hear myself think like a breeze or nothing. But it's that worth, pizza place, <laughs> that pizza place is money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, man. So yeah, that's all we got, uh, really coming out for this year. I mean, you know, in a nutshell. We got a, and a couple, some new hats. We got some a new design for the icon coming out. Um, changing it up just a little bit. Yeah, we got we got something in store for you. Uh, as far as the hats are concerned, I think we got to vary it up a little bit. You know, we got the icon. The icon stands out on its own, but we we got some pretty exciting things. Shout out! Uh, shout out to everyone who bought the uh, the Fourth of July shirt. That was yeah, that was a bang- oh yeah, it was a banger, man. That that shirt is just beautiful too. It'll be coming um, back around. Uh, I think you know I'm thinking Veterans Day uh, coming up. In I, I mean, honestly, I just I, I'd like to thank both of you guys for all of us just collectively coming on that thing, man. That's that, solid idea. That was like it, it was instant, and then that was crazy because like normally we're kind of I don't want to say distant, but we all have our own perception of what we want to see and it's that thing just like meshed it was beautiful man yeah everybody was on the same page with that there was like that was the <laughs> easiest shirt i think we've ever designed especially with the the amount of detail that was in it you know what the crazy thing was is that you know i was at work you guys went to charlotte and it was like in a matter of like 20 minutes i i, I think i had like texted robert back and you called me and it was like that's it like there was no other questions yeah. asked about it man it was nope. beautiful. <laughs> yep. But, but all right, man. Well, hey, listen, we're wrapping, we're coming up on that uh one hour time. Um, try to keep them short, you know, no more than an hour. But uh, people get bored with us, yeah. I'm, yeah, I get bored with you all the time. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you if if you guys want, head over to the site right now. We have the well, sh- well, it should still be going on when this when you guys hear this. Is, uh, listen, dude, about yo, Cody, I don't mean to step on you, dude, but I'll be honest with the customers real quick, we're gonna keep up. There's two codes that you guys should be looking at, right? One of them is is the code next level. All right, that code is going to be valid until those shirts are gone. We're clearing out all the Spoonie shirts, all the Merg shirts, all the Buffy shirts, all the Cormorant shirts. We're clearing those out of the next levels because we found that our customers really appreciate um, the comfort colors for those more key designs. And so we're bringing those back for you. We're clearing those out 40% off. Use the code next level. All right, and listen to for the next – I would say for the for the end till the end of July, we're gonna we're gonna keep our hats discounted. The code is is simple. It's hat. You buy one hat, you get one hat seventy percent off. Realistically, when you break it down, you're getting two hats for approximately thirty dollars, depending on what hat you go with. And these are these are high quality Richardson hats. These are not these are not Bobo hats. Um, you know, you go look on you know other people's sites and and you know what you pay for Richardson hats, right? So you're getting thirty bucks. Yeah, and that's a patch hats too, not just icons, correct? Yeah, yeah, all that. So yep. that's visors, patch hats, uh, icon hats, uh, everything. Buy one, get one, seventy five percent off. Uh, we're trying to bring that value into the customer. We know that we know you guys have been hit pretty hard uh, over the last few months, and so um, we're trying to we're trying to make our products as affordable as possible, as always. And so not. Not to mention, if you do that deal, like I said, you come in right at thirty bucks, thirty dollars gets you free shipping. Yeah, heyo, thirty dollars free shipping. Um, you know, it's it's a good gig. You know, you can't use more than one code in one checkout because Shopify hates us. Just make two orders and um and we'll and I'll get them out to you guys. But 
Hey, listen, uh, I know we keep saying that we're done, so we're going to actually be done this time. Cody, man, it was good talking to you tonight. I think uh, it went well. Uh, Andy, as always, uh, appreciate appreciate you. And uh, <laughs> I felt like that was a little short staff. <laughs> Dang, we appreciate you, Andy. <laughs> uh, no. All right, boys. All right. Good I night. enjoyed it, fellas. All right. Combat Waterfall out.